Welcome, 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 welcome to Harbinger of Death. Harbinger of Death. Sit back, relax, unwind, and don't forget to turn your volume up to the max. Chapter 7 The Dead Girl The light of dawn is the first thing Nicholas saw when he opened his eyes, followed by a voice. Morning, I made you some pancakes and eggs and bacon on the side, Nicholas. Oh, my boy. She said, placing them by the bedstand and quickly moved away from his vicinity. Nick simply couldn't believe his scruffy eyes. He rubbed them to make sure he was truly seeing what he thought his eyes were, were seeing. From the rising sun's rays. <sighs> Mama? He truly couldn't believe it. It was her. He tried to stand up and march to her direction. Mama, how are you? Just as he was about to finish his sentence, his mother interjected his panic. Stay where you are, Nicholas. Now eat your breakfast, child. She hummed sweetly then after. Nick still couldn't see her face. She wouldn't let him. Whenever he tried catching a glimpse, she managed to duck perfectly and looked the other way swiftly as if she wasn't trying to. And when she looked at him, she would stand where the sun shines brightest. She hummed and hummed as she dusted Nick's chambers. M Mama, why are you voting to look at me? He said, as he took a huge chunk from the pancake. Scrumptious, he thought. We don't have much time. I shouldn't be here, but it's important. She said, as she stopped humming abruptly. Does... does Dad know you're here? And how are you here? I... I, I don't understand. He asked with some frustration and some hurt in his voice as he swallowed the delicious chunk of pancake. I want to explain everything to you. I do. I just cannot. She said sweetly. Nick said nothing. He kept eating and trying very hard to suppress his true emotions. I have an important message I need to pass on, so I need you to open your ears and listen, my boy. There are some things that cannot be explained. She took a breath and continued, uninterrupted. You and your sister, you're special to me, heaven knows, but my boy, you are not short on 
speciality. In fact, you are more than special. You are extraordinary. She concluded, and her head faced down as if she was disappointed at someone. I'm not sure Anika wouldn't get jealous of hearing that. Nick was slowly starting to weep, and his mother could see that. My little Anika, of course her father ended up choosing that name. You know, I've only ever held her when, in times of my, my illness. Since when I've always looked after the three of you. You remember what my last words were? She questioned. Um, you said I should take care of Dad. He answered, shifting in his bed uncomfortably. No, my last words were at the funeral, child. What were the words I said? She asked with an upright posture. Holding her two hands together, it was as if she was nearly smiling. Nick recalled these words. "I'll always be with you." He almost whispered the words, but she could hear him clearly. That's right, and not one day had I left your side. She said proudly. But. But but that's impossible. I. You'd passed on by then. Boy, listen. I'm trying to tell you something. You've always had the smirch of being distinct from the rest of the people, but that was the first time, wasn't it? She questioned. First time for what? He gulped. The things you've seen that no one else can. Followed by recent events, the horsemen, the woman in the lake, and now, now you can commune to the dead. Your gifts are beyond any measure. Light, darkness, and death surrounds you, but none of it goes after you. Now, does it? She said. Before he was about to say anything, his mother beat him to it. Now I can't explain exactly what you are, but baby, I know this is here to help you. You saw the death of a person before it even happened, and you could tell something was wrong. Your grandpa had it too, except his wasn't as exceptional as yours is. He could only speak to the dead. Do not be afraid of it, Nicholas. It is not a snake. It don't bite, and so it won't hurt you. Just be strong. She concluded. But Mama, I. She interjected one last time. I'm sorry, baby. I have to go. We've talked enough. We'll meet again someday and have a heart to heart. Take care of your sister and your father. See to it that Ruby Rose don't overfeed them. I love you. She said as she was fading away into someone familiar. She was morphing. I love you too, Ma. I love you. She echoed. Oh dear Lord, what is happening to this child? Save him, please. Grandma Ruby rose, 
yelled. Grandma? Grandma, I'm, I'm fine. He was a bit confused on what was going on. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. He's up. The boy is up. She exclaimed. Nick's father came rushing up the stairs to see his boy. Oh, thank goodness, he said, wheezing. What, what happened? Nick asked coolly, having no clue why they were frantic. Baby boy, you had a blackout last night when we talked about the lake incident. Went out cold. I panicked and your dad said you was just fine. And what could I say to a doctor? She was back to her old self, not panicking. Her moods would give someone a whiplash. Mrs. Jenkins, I told you I ain't no doctor. I'm a surgeon. What happened was, I gave you a few meds. I had to use a syringe. You seemed okay otherwise. His father was interjected by Grandma Ruby Rose. Morning, you called me mama when I bought you the breakfast I made. Pancakes, bacon and eggs. Just how your father told me you liked them. But then you just froze. I thought you were having a stroke, didn't even blink. He looked at them with uncertainty. He didn't want to freak everyone out, so he had to lie. Uh, I guess the pancakes were so good they reminded me of how my mama used to make them. I'm sorry I called you mama. Nick said. Well, she was her mother's daughter, wasn't she? She learned the recipe from me, my only daughter. Ruby Rose said, almost wanting to weep. How are you feeling, son? His father asked. I feel like, Pops. After I finish with this deliciousness in a plate, I'll wear off the meds. I gotta wash up and head back to school. Nicholas concluded as he pretended as if nothing happened, cleaning his plate while at it. Where are you going to school? It's a Saturday. His grandma Ruby Rose asked. Well, perks of being a final year student is I go to school for six days in a week, and also the school's semi-finals are today after my classes. I wouldn't miss it for the world. One of my best friends is half back. And the scholarship people will be there. So I gotta support my best friend Theo. Nick showered, although cautiously. He realized he had a stabbing pain on the ribcage on his left side, guessing it was from the violent fall that happened the previous night. He didn't like to think that the Alyssa who was found at the lake was the one he knew. The one he had had a crush on in the third grade. The same Alyssa who was friends with Libby before they outgrew their friendship. Nicholas would have never met Libby if it wasn't for Alyssa March, the coach's daughter and Spencer March's older sister. Older by a couple of months, that is. In fact, the thing that broke Libby and Alyssa's friendship was that Alyssa was too much of a party girl. An outgoer, a party animal as other people might say. And Libby was too, but she needed to get her life in check. Alyssa wasn't having it. Partying and drugs are her life. 
If this is that same Alyssa, then things will change significantly. Nick had to hope and pray on the way to school that everything was okay, but this insane feeling that something had gone awry just didn't stop meddling in his gut. Almost like an inner voice that was cold. She's dead. She's dead. She's dead. She's dead. She's dead. She's dead. It insisted. She's dead. Stop it! He said out loud at the gas station. As he had taken a quick en route to the nearest gas station. Luckily, no one saw him. He drove off and headed to school. Just when he got there, Libby was in the parking lot, showing no signs of a bad omen at all. She was okay, in fact. Well, on the dot, Kelsa Nick. Well, on the dot. She said, admiring the time in which Nick had gotten to school. It was definitely improving. He was usually the latest student in the class. But the past four days have been definitely weird, even for him. <laughs> yeah, okay. Make fun of me. He said loftily. No, I am serious. It really is impressive. She said as she tugged on her vape pen. Or rather what looked like an e-cigarette. Is... Is Reeves here yet? I bet his jitters are up in the sky. He concluded. Well, actually, I saw him all too cozy with Steve. You know, their captain. Getting coffee at the cafeteria barely noticed me. I swear they were both smiling. And you know, Theo never smiles. Don't they seem a little too close? I mean, for guys who've hardly never talked before. Libby was catching on pretty quickly. Protect the secret. Nick had to. Um, maybe now they just need to keep calm and get their heads in the game. Because face it, the only other person who understands Theo's pressure right now is someone in the football team. We can only do so much as his best friends, you know. <laughs> Nick concluded. You could tell there was still an eye of suspicion on Libby, but she didn't question it. Any further. Are you okay? You look like you've been writhing in pain all night. She turned to face Nicholas now. Who, me? No, no, I'm fine. Nick lied. Her hunch today was more heightened than usual. For the first period, the teacher was late by 30 minutes and that made Libby on edge for some reason. She had said. Theo's separation void was heavily noticeable, and the fact that he never even came to greet his friends and spent all that time in the back seat with Steven Stridham and the rest of the football team roaring with laughter, looking like proper fat boys, making his secret to Libby even more conspicuous that she had said. Still thinking they're trying to keep calm. Or he's just avoiding us and choosing that boy over us. Nick had a quick reply to this. You said it, he never smiles, and today he's doing it more often. <laughs> and he's acting like a proper ass right now, which can only mean 
They probably took some drugs in their coffee or something like that. <laughs> he then smiled sheepishly. She definitely did not buy it, but said nothing about it. She said nothing more about Theo after that. Theo was plainly making it harder for Nick to keep his secret from Libby. Hello, people of all zodiac signs. Thank you for listening to my podcast. The Harbinger of Death was written by me, Mbulelo M. I would like to give a special thanks to my friend who plays all the female characters. You're doing a great job. If you like HOD, the best thing you can do is share it with your friends. You can find me on my Twitter account by clicking the link attached to this episode. You can also go read Harbinger of Death on the Wattpad platform by searching Harbinger of Death. Please give us a rating on the platform you're listening on to let us know how much you're loving the show. Until then, I will catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye.